0: So last night's game was totally practice, right? It was practice. It was, we get to do it over, right? It doesn't count. Oh, I'm sorry. They're telling me it does count. We'll talk about the Kings' uh, unfortunate performance against the Edmonton Oilers on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, happy Thursday. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah, host of this show covering the Kings since around like 2016 or so. So I'm super excited to be uh, going on this journey through their first playoff appearance since basically the time I started covering the team. And hey, at least they have a playoff win, which is more than I can say from their last playoff run. We're going to look at today's Uh, last night's loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Really, the less said about it, the better. But this is a Daily Kings podcast, so we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about what went wrong other than like, oh, I don't know everything. Uh, we're also going to look at the Ontario Reign because unlike the Kings, they didn't disappoint us. They turned in a fantastic performance against the San Diego Gulls, winning their first game. Uh, they just need to win, win one more to advance to the next round. It's a best of three series. We're going to look at that game as well. So let's let's just start looking at uh, Wednesday's game two loss to the Edmonton Oilers, a 6-0 drubbing by the Oilers. This was a game that like It started out okay. There were no goals in the first period. Uh, It it was, you know, promising. You're like, all right, this could have gone better. But you get out of the first period, no score. You're like, all right, we've we've got time. This is fine. Uh, There were glimmers in the first period of uh, things going awry. The, the Kings had some power play time in the first period. Uh, they were minus Connor McDavid, the Oilers were, because of a boarding penalty. Uh, Darnell Nurse and Sean Dursey also had to go sit out. Uh, you know, so Oilers missing some of their top players. Kings couldn't capitalize on any of these power play opportunities. And you kind of get the feeling that had they managed to do that, had they managed to get out of the first period up a goal... Uh, had their power play finally started to click, that maybe this game would have had a different complexion. Uh, But instead, the Oilers were able to keep just gaining momentum throughout the game because of the Kings' basically failure to get anything going. Uh, First period, again, like I said, no score uh, in terms of shots. It was fairly even. The Kings came out of the first period with 14 shots. Oilers had 12. uh, But things devolved from there. Very quickly in the second period, uh, the Oilers just started to take over the game. And we saw the Oilers score three times in the second. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl gets on the board just a minute and 22 seconds in on the power play. Uh, Later, Darnell Nurse scores shorthanded. Ryan McLeod gets his first playoff goal uh, at the end of the period at even strength. So... That also stinks. You have just allowed goals in all three different strengths. That's bad, and it just seemed like they couldn't recover from that. The shorthanded goal was really, you know, it's the second goal of the game, but it's kind of a killer. It's kind of a mood killer. Uh, You're already struggling with the power play. You're already struggling to get anything going there. And then suddenly you allow a shorthanded goal. Like that should not have happened. You shouldn't be giving up shorthanded goals. It happens to the Kings way, way more often than it really should. Uh, So it wasn't exactly the backbreaker. The real backbreaker was the beginning of the third period where Vander Kane scored and then uh, Jesse Puljujarvi scored about 20-some seconds apart. Uh, you know, that was it. The game was, you know, 3-0. That's still bad. You're still like, okay, we're still facing Mike Smith. Like, he has absolutely given up three goals in a period before. We can do this. We can tie it, whatever. Uh, and then two very quickly at the beginning of the third period. Two goals go against very quickly. Like, it's the thing I know. I know Todd McClellan hates this. Uh, All coaches do, but, you know, McClellan has has spoken about it before. You can tell in his post-game interviews and everything. When you get scored on the shift immediately after you just got scored on again, like, that's just real bad. That's just handing over the entire momentum of everything to that other team, uh, and so you know that's when you really got the feeling that there's just no coming back from this. Evander uh, Kane scored again uh, later on in the third period to make it six nothing, uh, but that this game was basically over at the start of the third period because of that. Uh, third period, you could especially tell the Kings just had no momentum, no drive. Um, Shots were seven to five. So things really tightened up in that third period. Uh, And again, Oilers scored three goals in that third period. They took five shots. So, you know, I'm not putting this on Jonathan quick. I think the team in front of him played just atrociously. And so this isn't a quick problem, you know, necessarily at all. Uh, I think the score could have been a lot worse if it weren't for him, but you know, three goals on five shots is bad. Uh, And so I think the team has a a lot of soul searching to do before they come back to LA uh, and embark on game three. I think they have a lot of decisions to make on uh, how they want to play and how they want to respond to this. This team has been pretty good this season about responding to these kind of embarrassing blowout losses. They've been pretty good at bouncing back and playing their own game, playing the right way the next game. I think the fact that the Kings will be at home is also going to be a big help because Uh, You know, you get the last change, you get a little bit more uh, control over picking matchups and everything, uh, and just the energy of the home crowd and being back in your own home circumstances, whatever. Uh, So I I think that, I think they will learn from this game, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how Todd McClellan adjusts. It was very clear that the Oilers adjusted from game one. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, their coach, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously they changed up their lines in general. Um, game one, they did the 11-7 thing that they've been doing that we talked about with Brett at the beginning of the week. The host of Locked On Oilers, we've talked about that. Uh, for game two, they went to, you know, your, your, your traditional 12-6 uh, and made some changes in their lines. They made some changes in the way that they played. Uh, and McClellan, I, I think one of the biggest complaints uh, that we've seen about him both, you know, in his time with the Kings in his time with the Sharks and his time with the Oilers is that he doesn't really adapt maybe as quickly as he should. And so it's going to be interesting to see what changes, what the lineup looks like for game three uh, and where we go from here. Coming up next, we're gonna to continue to look at this game. And then of course, we're gonna talk about the rain to end things on today's show. But before we do that, I wanna tell you all about a great supplement that is out there that will help you you know, get your energy back keep yourself healthy, and just live your best life possible. Uh, This is, you know, especially playoff time, games are late, uh, you're tired, you're just really pumped up, like there's just a lot going on. And so it's a time where you're probably going to need a little bit of extra energy in your life to get over the late nights, uh, to just really keep yourself going. And There's a ton of different products out there on the market to help you with that, but the choices can be overwhelming, especially if you're trying to address a bunch of different health issues all at the same time. Well, our new partner here helps address all those things that you care about, better energy, a better immune system, better gut health. And the best part is that it's convenient, easy to use, and it also tastes great. It's AG1. It's a supplement that gives you 75 different vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and much more to help you start your day off right and get your insides in shape. It's so easy to add a scoop to some water when you're starting off your morning. Even if you're not a morning person like me, uh, you basically don't even have to think about it. It's just a thing of water, a scoop of the stuff. And it's one simple thing that you can do every day to help take care of your body. So no matter what kind of food life you're living, if you're into the keto diet, paleo, if you're dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, AG1 will work for you and your lifestyle. AG1 and Athletic Greens came into existence when their founder was looking for an affordable, easy way to optimize his nutrition and to deal with some health issues. And the company is also doing great work out there in community, uh, donating to organizations that help get food to kids in need. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So in our last show after game one, we talked about a couple of things that, uh, were concerning, that we want to kind of keep an eye on uh, throughout, uh, throughout the series. And both of those things have really kind of come back again uh, to haunt the Kings in this game. First off is the power play. Uh, Kings went 0 for 4 in this game. Oilers went 2 for 4. Uh, Kings, no power play goals at all yet this series. Uh, the Oilers are killing it, which again is really frustrating given that the Kings were great at killing off Oilers penalties in the regular season surrendered no goals on the power play to the Oilers instead here we're giving up shorthanded and goals uh, the power play is just atrocious it's been a problem all season long it's been a problem honestly forever really uh, and still kind of defies expectation understanding common sense given The firepower on this team, given the caliber of players, uh, yeah, sure, okay, we're not going to hang with, you know, I don't know who has the best power play in the league. We're going to say it's like the Lightning or the Leafs or something. Like, yeah, we don't have those players, but you have enough players that you should at least be getting a power play goal there's there's just, there's not an excuse for it. Uh, and we've said this before on the show, like this is something that needs to be addressed. You can't, it's very rare for a team to really go the distance if both of their special teams are bad. If the Kings could get just one of them clicking, if they could just get the penalty kill clicking, even just one, just one of their special teams, I think we'd be in a very different place. But instead we have the power play being bad. We have the penalty kill being, bla- being bad. And we have the Oilers just crushing it on both of them. Uh, And so that's really frustrating to to continue to watch. Like I said, I feel like this game would have been a lot different had the Kings been able to take advantage of those power plays early in the game. Uh, And instead, here we are. Another thing we talked about was the way that the kids are being used uh, in the lineup. Uh, That fourth line saw a little bit more ice time in this game. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, 8.29, uh, Quinton Byfield, 10 minutes and two seconds, including time on both the power play and shorthanded. I guess, you know, why not? Uh, Kaliev, 12 minutes, uh, including three minutes on the power play. Uh, but this is where, like, you always kind of struggle because... Byfield and Kaliev, particularly both of them, did not look great. Uh, both of them were kind of directly responsible for goals against. Uh, both of them, you know, minus two. Uh, Sean Dursey also struggled. He was a minus three. Uh, just not a great game from him. Uh, and And so it's like, okay, we want to give the kids the opportunity. Part of the whole appeal of this playoffs is that, like, we know that we know the Kings aren't going to win the cup. Like, let's just be real. We know they're not. Like, unless every other team happens to fall off the face of the earth. And so, this is a great time for experience to get experience for those young guys who this is their first playoffs, which is basically most of the team. But at some point, it's like, okay, I'm giving this guy a couple minutes of ice time a night. He's not really doing anything with it. I have other guys sitting in the wings. We have, tech, I mean, you would have guys in Ontario you could call up if you wanted to. Um, it'll be interesting to see how or if the lineup changes for game three. Uh, You know, we know at the end of the season, Quentin Byfield sat a little bit. uh, Gabe Velarde came back in the lineup. I would love to see Velarde back in. Uh, I I think that he does bring... He was playing with such, like, oomph in those last couple regular season games. He scored goals. He looked great. He was active uh, and... Then you take him right back out of the lineup, Uh, you know, Rasmus Kapari, he's also sitting, you don't want to panic, you don't want to just start like yoinking people from the lineup as a like reactionary move. But at the same time, you know, where do you go from here? Where do you go? Do you put them back in? Hope they learned their lesson, you know, hope they're better the next time? Do you scratch them and hope that the people you bring back in are better? Uh, what does that mean for their development if you're scratching these young guys who are supposed to be the future of your team? Um, I don't envy Todd McClellan and the decisions he's going to have to make about the roster for Game 3 and, you know, how he wants to deploy his players and everything, uh, but it's really hard to watch. And, you know, the the, the chunk of fans who are like, Quentin Byfield's a bust or whatever, you know, sees him, you know, not getting the puck in deep or, you know, accidentally turning it over to Darnell Nurse or whatever happened on that goal. And, you know, he says ammunition for like, this is why Quentin Byfield's bad and it's terrible. We shouldn't have drafted him, whatever. Like, we need to be patient. We need to just chill. But also at the same time, you do have to win a hockey game. And is it better to put out your young overmatched players and hope for the best? You know, what do you do? What, What do you do? What is your decision? For the next game. So like I said, it Todd McClellan has a tough job ahead of him of figuring out where to go from here, how to improve, how to give the Kings the best chance of winning. But you know, game three is not a must win. You know, the Kings at the end of the day, all you want to do on a on a road trip, on on the road leg of of your playoffs, is you, you want to split. If you can come away with two on the road, like, that's great. But you really, you really just want the split. Like, there's the whole saying of it's not a series until the home team loses. Well, we got that out of the way already. Edmonton lost their first game. So that tilts, you know, home ice in favor of the Kings in that that regard. So... You know, this isn't like, don't hit the panic buttons yet. The Kings got embarrassed. They know they got embarrassed. They know what they did wrong. As everyone has pointed out, a 2-1 loss or a 6-0 loss, it's the same thing. It's a loss in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. There's no, like, goal differential to care about here. This isn't, like, international relegation, whatever. A loss is a loss. You pick yourself up. You move on. And you go on with your life and you hope to win game three. So that is what we're going to hope from for the Kings. We'll, of course, keep you up to date with anything we learn about lineup changes or anything like that in preparation for the Kings to come home to Los Angeles and play their first playoff game in many many years we're going to take a look at the Ontario Reign because they didn't disappoint us we're going to look at that game coming up next but first betonline.net it's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information if you uh, put money on the Kings to somehow sweep the Oilers because you're crazy I I wouldn't have recommended that and you probably lost some dollars Uh, but you know, if you're into making playoff brackets and figuring out odds and who's going to win and whatever, well, Bet Online is the place to do it. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including information on this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and of course, this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. So the Ontario Reign, at least, put on a fantastic performance in game one of their series against the San Diego Gulls Uh, in the AHL. The first round is a best of three. All three games are going to be played at the home of the higher-seeded team, which means that Ontario gets all three games in the series. And they turned in a big win over the San Diego Gulls in their very first game. We talked a lot about, uh, if you heard our game preview with uh, Jay the other day, we talked about the series, we talked about how it could come down to kind of a goalie battle, but that ultimately the Reign's habit of just scoring goals at will uh, is really, really going to come in handy here, and it definitely did so in this game. Uh, things didn't get off to a great start for the rain, to to the level where you're kind of like, oh boy especially because you're watching it in concert with the Kings game and you're seeing the Kings get stomped on and you're like, oh, yikes. Uh, because the Gauls got out to an early start. They scored just 11 seconds into the game just a big misplay. Uh, it was their second shot of the game. Uh, Josh Lapina picked up basically a rebound uh, to, to score for the Gulls. They scored again, uh, just under eight minutes in, giving the Gulls a 2-0 lead. And you're starting to get a little nervous. You're like, mm, well, this is bad. This is real bad. Uh, you're watching the Kings lose. You're watching the rain start to go down that same path. And then the rain woke up. And Sam Efigimo scored twice in the first period, once in the power play. Austin Wagner sh- scored a shorthanded goal. Did you remember Austin? I feel like Austin Wagner, for as much as he's been sort of the like, he was the guy that everyone loved to criticize on the Kings. And I get it. I have certainly criticized him too because he was not great. He was not particularly great at the NHL level, but we, we all kind of forgot about him down there in Ontario, but he got the rain, uh, you know, all tied up, shorthanded. Uh, he's had a couple of those this season. Uh, his, his speed is a lot better used in the AHL where his Hands are a little bit better. Goalies' defenses aren't quite as good in the AHL as they are in the NHL. Uh, And so Austin Wagner has been having a pretty good season. Uh, Second period, the rain power play once again went to work. Vladimir Kachev scored uh, to give the rain a 4-2 lead. And then three goals in the third period, two from Akil Thomas. One came shorthanded on an empty net. uh, And Martin Furk also scored in the third period, uh, really just giving the rain like just insurmountable. Uh the gulls did score at the beginning of the third and then at the very end in the last, you know, 40 seconds of regulation, but you know, not enough to make a difference. Do, do the rain want to be winning 7 to 4 games all the time? No. No they don't. That seems terrifying. You don't want to find yourself in a position where you get down early, have to score a million goals to get back in it. But this is what the rain have done all season. And they have outscored their problems. Uh, if they've had goalie issues or if they've had defense issues or whatever, they just pick themselves up, keep going, and uh, turn in wins. Shots 39 to 26 in favor of the rain, uh, including a monster third period with 17 shots on goal. Things got a little feisty in the second period. A bunch of penalties handed out. Uh, and so wouldn't be surprised to see some of that carry over to game number two as well. Uh, a lot of roughing, cross-checking. All that sort of stuff. Uh, But just a great, great start to the playoffs for the Rain. As we've talked about a lot on here, they have the potential to go the distance, and uh, I'm really excited to see what they bring uh, as the series goes on. This was the fifth time this season that the Rain scored seven goals, which is quite honestly absolutely ridiculous. Again, the power play went two for four. So the Kings could certainly learn a lesson from that. Uh, Penalty kill was perfect for the rain uh, and just really all around a very strong performance. Uh, It's exactly what you wanted to see from this team as they got things started. Because, of course, this is the AHL, uh, you've got back to back games. So, game number two is tonight, Thursday, uh, at Ontario. And if the Rain win, obviously, series over, and then they've just got to await the winner. That they're going to be facing uh playoff the brackets get reseeded essentially uh, for the pacific division going into the next round so we don't entirely know who the rain would be facing but we will be finding out pretty quickly uh, if a game three is necessary that'll be monday so the, the team will get the weekend off monday again at home against san diego so very excited for the rain as they uh, showed their dominance very quickly in this one and hopefully they just wrap things up tonight and uh say goodbye to the gulls, give a little bit of rest before the next series begins that is it for today thanks so much for tuning in we'll be with you this weekend uh later this week maybe this weekend as we keep up with the kings and the rain in their playoff hunts you can find me on twitter at right said sarah the show's on twitter at locked on la kings also available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. And uh, make sure you're subscribing, getting notifications, telling your friends about it. Make sure you just never miss an episode. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day and or when you opened your podcast app and come back tomorrow and uh, all the time, all, all week. We're here, whatever, for more Kings News here on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.